1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. You know, it just wouldn't be a regular Sunday morning if it wasn't for Ray Lance being on the radio, hearing his wonderful voice, giving all that great information brought to you by USA Wealth Group. And a a pleasure always to be alongside you right after 8 o'clock, Ray. Good morning. Good morning, Phil. And it's always wonderful to see your smiling face. (laughs) And I'm sorry that you folks listening on the radio can't see Phil's smiling face. But if you've ever heard him laugh... And I suspect you have. You know that he has a smiling face a lot. <laughs> Thank you. But welcome to MoneyWise. Every Sunday morning, we're really th- proud and we're thrilled to be here with you, give you some information that will tell you how you can protect your family and protect your money. And this morning, it's always a pleasure to have attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks Good for having morning. me. Michael is one of the smartest guys I know. Uh, he's a very experienced, knowledgeable, talented attorney, mostly doing estate planning and real estate transactions and Medicaid planning and all those things designed to protect your assets and protect your family. Well, thank you. For and that. a handsome dude, too. <laughs> I mean, you can't uh, forget that, right? Wow. Yes. yes. So if you want more particulars, uh, <laughs> you have to go out by to the, the office. office. <laughs> <laughs> That's the draw. <laughs> Well, actually, uh, we want to start out right away this morning. First of all, we're going to continue a program that we began a week ago on Social Security. There's a lot more information to share with you, but we want to give you a very special invitation. So you are invited to a special event being put on by both USA Wealth Group and Lance Law. It's a workshop. It doesn't cost any money to attend. And the subject is how to protect your family and how to protect your money. We will be discussing the basics of Social Security, retirement income tips, and then last but not least is estate and trust planning. And Michael, you'll be participating in part of that. We will, yes. We'll be talking about, um, I think we'll have a brief discussion of Medicaid, which we've done some seminars on recently. Mm -hmm. And we'll also be talking about general estate planning. Right. Really important stuff. These are topics that people tend to put off until... It's sometimes too late. Yes. And we don't want that to happen to you. Now, these workshops are going to be on Tuesday, March 20th, but call our office for information. Coming up this Tuesday, right? Yes. 20th of March. Right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Good point. Call the office. There's still opportunity to attend. And uh, make a reservation, 508-998-8858. So... Let's go in right away and talk about some Social Security tips. We were talking earlier on an earlier show about Social Security basics and is the program going to continue? Will it be there? And I want to mention that we have an excellent guide that we located recently. It's called the 2018 Guide to Social Security. It's the 46th edition, the 46th time they've done this. Uh, We're happy to provide this if somebody wants a copy. You need to call our office or more importantly, come to one of our workshops. I was very impressed with this. It's not a very lengthy program, but it has information on um, what's covered, what's not covered, who receives benefits, what Social Security costs, what you pay into it. And then there's a lot of information about retirement benefits in general, Uh, benefits as a percentage of your income, when should you begin retirement benefits, what's full retirement age, Generally, it's age 66. 
and lots and lots of good examples. Some people are impacted by something called the government pension offset or uh, the windfall elimination provision. You may have concerns about that. There's also information about survivor benefits, divorce benefits, Medicare. This is probably the nicest guide that I've ever seen before. Um, very comprehensive. We will be happy to provide that or also the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. And that will be given to anybody who comes to one of our conferences or one of our workshops. So we're happy to do that. So, Mike, um, are you collecting Social Security yet? No, I'm a few years off. You're a few years <laughs> yeah. off? Yeah. Michael is actually um, uh, very young. He's, he's only recently celebrated a birthday. We won't mention what it is on the air, but he's... Very young. Decades younger than I am. <laughs> so it wouldn't be polite. Yeah, I hope it's still there when I'm ready to collect. I'm paying into it, so... <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's what we were talking about just recently on the radio, and I think that's a lot of concern... There was a program not long ago put on by Howie Carr, and he was talking about the fact that the program right now is designed, I shouldn't say it's designed, but the way it's operating will run out of money. Mm -hmm. And um, it's estimated, I think, around 2035 that the program will expire. There won't be enough money to sustain it. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's happening is by that particular date, 2035, it's estimated that there will be only 2.2 workers working in this country supporting everybody who's collecting Social Security and who's retired. So, Mike, this means that you're going to have to work not until 66, but you're going to have to work until you're about 85. <laughs> so that will help pay for Just my back. Social Security That's and right. Phil's Thank Social you. Security. Thank you, oh, Michael. <laughs> what year do you think you'll start collecting? Have you projected you mean my age yeah being yeah. how old you are what year would you think that's you're a lot of math that you're asking me to do right now. <laughs> that's called higher math <laughs> uh, um, i don't know what the retirement age when i get there will be what 67 68 well uh it will be at least 67 but the expectation is that that number is going to have to change and full retirement age when you get to retire is probably going to be closer to 70 wow yeah. or even longer mm-hmm if you're mm-hmm. lucky. So that's the point at which I would collect, what, like 75% of benefits, but if I waited longer, it would go up? Well, at your full retirement age, which is called FRA, uh, for most people right now listening, that's age 66. For younger people, it will be age 67. But at full retirement age is the age at which you collect 100% of your normal full okay. retirement amount. And then if you go four years beyond, you can build what's called delayed credits. And the delayed credits mean simply that you can increase the amount you'll get from age 66 to age 70 by 8% every year that you wait. And it's very much like getting 8% return on your money. Mm -hmm. So it's not for everybody. One of the things that we can do in uh, Peter Lance in our office will be able to put put information right into the calculator and tell you exactly how long you'd have to live before you could make up waiting and so if you didn't collect it for that extra four years from 66 to 70 for example and you're thinking well that's fine but i'm going to get four years i'm not going to get those benefits Hmm. so if i'm going to get a higher amount at age 70 that's terrific but how long would i have to live to make up those four years that i didn't collect yes 
And right now it's, I believe, for most people, about age 87. Mm -hmm. So then you need to say, well, do I need the money now? What are the longevity genes in my family? Do I have any illnesses? And if you have medical concerns and you've had medical issues, then maybe you want to collect a little earlier. But if you do wait, the spousal benefit would also be higher, right? If you pass away and your spouse wants to collect, would that be a, a higher benefit for Yes, her? although at that point in time, a spousal benefit, just to sort of define that, and that's a great question, um, is an amount usually 50% of the higher earnings uh, amount for the higher earning spouse. Mm-hmm. And in order to have a spousal benefit in the first place, the spouse with a higher amount that you want to collect 50% from has to have reached their full retirement age, number one. So they have to be at least 66. Mm -hmm. And number two, they have to have started their own Social Security. Hmm. So often what we'll look at is having the spouse with a smaller amount of Social Security wait and let their account continue to build. Mm -hmm. And there's a mathematical analysis that has to be done in this. Mm -hmm. But let's say that they're both 66, and that's important also. So the higher earning spouse, let's assume it's the husband because that's typically the case, um, at age 66 files for Social Security. That means that the lesser earning spouse, and let's assume that it's the wife, can get an amount up to 50%. And of course that 50% is going to have to be more than what she would be collecting if she filed on her own. Otherwise she'd collect on her own. Right. But we've had actual situations in which we've done that. In fact, we had a gentleman who was over 70, and he had been collecting for a while, but he was over that magic age of 66, he was collecting. And his wife was younger, and she just turned 66, which means she could collect a full 50%. Uh, This is a case that was out of Wellesley about four or five years ago, I would say. And we did the math and said, you're only going to collect $800 a month on your own Social Security claim, the wife, Mm -hmm. But you're entitled to claim 50% of your husband's amount because he's getting $3,500 a month. Wow. And half of that was roughly 1700 and something dollars. So she's collecting $1,700, more than, far more than the $800 she would have collected. And when we did the math on it, it was an additional $10,000. She had never heard about it before. She was going to go down to Social Security and just activate her own small claim and start getting her a small check. Um, they're not allowed to tell her that in right. the Social Security office. They're not allowed to give advice. Why is that? Because they get it wrong. It's like the IRS. The IRS is not supposed to give you tax advice. Um, they're supposed to give you general information only in forms and explanation. Um, if you take an identical set of facts, which may be slightly complicated, and go to three or four different IRS offices and try to get some advice, you'll get three or four different answers. Um, We have a mix-up right now with Peter's income tax, Peter Lance, my son. But um, the spousal benefit is something absolutely to be looked at. So let's say that their husband is 66 and he's got a higher amount and he starts collecting his Social Security. But let's say that his wife is 62 and she says, well, I'd like to get a spousal benefit. Unless she is also at full retirement age, age 66, Mm -hmm. at that age she can get 50%. 
If she does it at age 62 and she doesn't wait until she's 66, she's going to get a lesser percentage than 50%, smaller percentage. Okay. And she can't step that up when she gets to age 66? It's sort of locked in, or is that no, something it's, that it's, can be changed? It, it really can't be changed at that point, and at a certain point in time, she's going to be collecting her own benefit as well. So it's complicated. There's 20,000 pages of regulations. Yeah. Uh, there is one very specific regulation that says... Social Security employees are not allowed to give advice on various strategies. Mm. They can show you what your earnings are. They can tell you how much you get at age 62 and 66 and 70. They can tell you all those kinds of things, uh, but they're not allowed to explain to you how to do all these other things. Right. So um, unfortunately, or fortunately, you'd need to get some professional advice, and that's mm. what we try to do. Right. Mm -hmm. You have a funny story about someone in our own office who tried to uh, contact Social Security just to get an idea of her, what her benefits will be down the road. And uh, there was a mix-up there. Yeah, that was, uh, that was our marketing director. And she's not quite collecting Social Security yet, but she looked into it. And she wanted to see what her earning statement were, was. And she tried to do it on her Mac computer. Yeah. And uh, she couldn't figure out how to do it. She called the Social Security office, and they said, oh, you can't do it on a Mac or an Apple. What? You can only do it on a regular PC. So. Is that true? No. Oh. <laughs> Another example of bad oh, advice. Oh, my goodness. This, this is out of our own office and oh one of our own employees. Oh, my gosh. What a story. So huh? she said, well, how can I get my, my record? Wait, it gets better. She said, how can I get my, my record? Well, you can write for it. So she wrote for it. Yeah. And she got an envelope in the mail so from Social Security. She opened it up, and it was the earnings history of a man with a totally different Social Security number. Oh, my gosh. And she came into my office and showed me, oh and I said, gosh. oh, my word. Yeah. So I said, well, call Social Security office and tell them. So they said, well, we're sorry. Uh, we don't usually make mistakes. Uh, please just shred it. Well, what if somebody didn't want to just shred it? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Another good reason to check you know, your earning history and make sure you are getting what you deserve. Cause yes. They, you know. Well, the moral of the story is uh, start early and look at your record. Now, Mike, what do you suppose happens if somebody's already collecting Social Security and they have a question about whether they're getting the right amount? Do you think they can check that out? I think they probably could, yeah. Yeah. You can. So you can go into socialsecurity.gov. You can open up an account. It is a, a safe website so far. Um, and you can look at your own earnings history. And you should. Everybody should do that, whether you're collecting or not collecting. And then go back and look at your income tax returns and see how it matches up with your income tax records. And if there's a discrepancy, if they don't have something correct for a particular year, you have a right to correct your record. And it would be a pain in the neck, but it would be worth it. It would be like you know, clipping coupons at a supermarket to save money. Mm -hmm. But if you can do that and go back and say, wait a minute, they didn't pick up all my income for uh, 2001, for example, I actually made more money and go back and demonstrate that they are required to correct your history and your record. If you're already receiving Social Security benefits, they will make up the difference that you should have received for all those years, and then they'll put you back on track to get the right amount that you should. 
definitely worth checking. So even if you are collecting Social Security, check out your record. Mm. Um, the other thing that we tell people, and we mentioned this uh, a week ago, is that when they calculate how much money you're going to receive, they look at a 35-year history. So if you worked for 40 years, and many people do, they'll take out your four or, or your five lowest years, mm. and sometimes it could be a zero or a really low amount. Those amounts will be dropped out, and they're going to take your 35 highest earning years and average them. And so sometimes people are thinking about, should I retire now or should I wait a couple more years? So maybe instead of um, retiring at 66, I have clients right now that I'm talking about doing that with. Um, but the lady isn't quite ready to retire. She has a very a nice job and makes a very high salary. Um, she's going to continue working a, a while longer. Well, guess what? If she works beyond her full retirement age of 66, which is what she's going to do, and works two more years, and she's working at a much higher salary than she was when she started her working career, mm -hmm. the lower years are going to drop off, and overall it's going to improve the amount that she's going to receive. Mm -hmm. And she's in a very high-earning category. Now, we talked a little bit um, about spousal allowance, uh, I think, the last time, and a little bit this time. Mm -hmm. So spouse allowance is not for everybody. This very same couple, true story, met with them just a couple of weeks ago. Um, the husband has been uh, self-employed. I won't mention his occupation, but uh, he has not had a very high earnings history. He typically makes $20,000, $25,000 a year, mm -hmm. and his wife makes well over $100,000. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's a comfortable relationship. She is the higher earning spouse. Right. They're both turned 66 this year. Mm -hmm. uh, he turned 66 in just another month or two, and she's already turned 66. So they would be the ideal couple that you would think to maybe apply for a spousal benefit mm -hmm. for the husband. Right. And he could get up to 50% of her Social Security amount. But there's a problem. She's not ready to retire yet. And because she hasn't retired and she hasn't started taking Social Security and she wouldn't want to take Social Security right now at 66, she wouldn't get a nickel of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to come back and explain that one in just a minute. So she's not ready to retire. She's not ready to put in her Social Security claim. And unless she did that, he has no right to claim a spousal benefit off of her higher Social Security amount. Hmm. So here's the advice I gave them. I said, you're 66 right now. The amount that you're going to receive is very low. For you to wait from 66 to age 70 and get a higher amount for you is not going to make any significant difference, and you're probably better off to start your claim right now mm. and have that extra money coming in. And basically, um, the higher earning spouse has to be at least 66 years of age, full retirement age, and they have to have filed for Social Security. Because her earnings are very high, because she's making over $100,000 a year, um, if she applied for Social Security, uh, actually, I take that back. I'm going to take that back a little bit. At age 66, she could collect. Um, so I want to rethink that proposition just a little bit. But it's more important for her to continue to earn 8% a year more and continue to pump more money into Social Security. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that if she's still working, she could collect, but there would be some sort of an offset on... 
what she would collect if you're if you're under age 66 yeah once you're age 66 or whatever your full retirement age is you can then work and there's no dollar offset Oh, okay but if you're still working and you don't need the money then the other side of the equation is you want to continue to pump more money into social security right so your last earnings years are going to be higher and it will drop off the lower earning years when you were very young and making very little right that makes sense Mm -hmm. so but it's complicated i mean this is an example of the back and forth that we do with clients when we talk about it and you're going to be talking about this at the uh seminar coming up as well this tuesday yes we are we're going to talk about young people we're going to be talking about old age we're going to be talking about middle age okay all of them you know what middle age is (laughs) Middle age is when you choose your cereal for the fiber and not the toy. <laughs> Good so, one. Michael, you still collect the toys. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, this is a uh, quote that I would like to give and, and dedicate this to my loving wife who's listening this morning. This is from Rose Kennedy. She said, I'm like old wine. They don't bring me out very often, but I'm very well preserved. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure that Tenny would appreciate that one. I'll scratch that off my list. I won't, I won't use that one again. The uh, thought was there, though, Ray. <laughs> the thought was there. I, I just didn't read it through well enough. <laughs> how, uh, how, when should you apply for Social Security if you're working and uh, approaching 66? Um. Don't do it until you're at least 66, okay. until you're at least full retirement age. How many months ahead of time should you start the process? Uh, you can do it the, the, You can do it a month before you retire, typically, and then they'll start it the month later. Okay. And All right. best recommendation is to have it automatically deposited into your account. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I want to put in a, a quick word about be careful driving. With all the storms that we've had in the past few weeks, the roads are a mess. So I just had a situation um, a few nights ago when I was driving. Yeah. It was daylight. It was the end of the day. And I rode around a narrow road in Dartmouth. It was on a curve. It was a double solid line. I didn't want to go over the solid line on the curve. Sure. There were some puddles. They looked like regular puddles, but they weren't. They were deep, deep potholes oh my. and filled with water, so you couldn't tell that they were potholes. Right. I was doing maybe 30, 35 miles an hour. But it was like hitting a brick wall, and I blew out one of my front tires oh, and wow. waited an hour and a half to have AAA come and help me with the tire. Mm. So uh, it happens. There was a car that went into the harbor recently because a guy went into a puddle at a high rate of speed right. and hydroplaned and went crashing right into the water. Yes, So yes. it's uh, dangerous out there, folks, and you need to be careful. You didn't get hurt, did you? No. Nope. Thank God. No, just my ego, and I just feel that... You know, I've been a AAA member for a long time. I'm going to have them change the tire for me. Yeah. Well, that's what they're there for. Yeah, right. they did it very efficiently. Yeah. The we thing do. is, they keep patching up these these potholes, and then it rains again. We get another storm, and the the patch comes out, and then yep. you have more holes in the road. So it's right. at this point, it's frustrating. We need new infrastructure in this yeah. country. Yeah. What we do need is to have you come to one of our workshops that you're specially <laughs> invited to. Um, we actually have one remaining on Tuesday, March 20th, 6.30 p.m. at White's of Westport. We're expecting a really good crowd. We're going to have some special St. Patrick's Day treats for you. So 
Tuesday, March 20th, 6.30 p.m., Whites of Westport. Come and learn about Social Security basics, retirement income tips, and estate and trust planning. Brought to you by USA Wealth Group mm-hmm. and also Lancelot. Michael, yep. you're going to be there also. We are going to be there. I'll be there with Tenny. Yep. Um, and if you want to sign up for that seminar, you can give us a call at 508-998-8800 or toll-free at 866-998-8858. You can also register online at lancelotinc.com or usawealthgroup.com. So. Does Michael have a shillelagh? I don't want to ask that question. A shillelagh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll, we'll get him a little derby, green hat derby or something. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. And, uh, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something to dress up, but make sure you register so we have enough Irish beer. Right? <laughs> My favorite is Bailey's. Is Bailey's is an Irish drink, isn't it? it yes, is. it is. Oh, I knew I was part Irish. <laughs> I'm, I have some Irish. Do you have some Irish blood in you? Yeah, I do. Hmm. I have some Welch. I have some American Indian. So yeah. A little bit. Just a tiny, tiny. Pocahontas. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be a female that wouldn't be a male no i didn't know that michael well listen we're going to come right back and talk more about social security and some very important tips of how to blend social security together with your other sources of retirement income please stay tuned welcome back ladies and gentlemen welcome back to listening to ray lance and attorney michael coleman and we're here to entertain you no, we're here to educate you, aren't yeah, we, Mike? A little bit of both. I think. Well, a little bit of both. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes our subjects are dull and dry, but we always want to teach you something that you can walk away with and you can use mm-hmm. and that will benefit you and benefit your family. So we're going to continue and wrap up our little discussion about Social Security. And most importantly, how do you integrate Social Security planning with retirement income planning? And, boy, Michael, you got to make sure you have proper documents in place, mm-hmm. don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, that's part of the retirement plans, having um, a trust if it's appropriate, powers of attorney, absolutely, a will just to set forth where you want everything to go. Unfortunately, we see situations all the time where people don't have these documents and then we have to clean up the mess, sort of. So, absolutely. And you're going to talk at this last workshop that we're doing on the 20th of March, um, Tuesday, March 20th. You can talk a little bit, too, about... Medicaid planning and how to protect your assets if somebody in your family, whether it's you or a family member, has to go to a a nursing home. It could be a parent. It could be a spouse. Mm -hmm. But if you ever have that kind of a situation, you can lose everything. Absolutely. Um, You know, statistics have shown, surveys have shown that about one in every two people in America now is going to have to go into a nursing home at some point. And sometimes it's just for rehab. It could be just for rehab. I've got two friends right now, one who just came out after two months in rehab in a nursing home and another one who's been there for three months and is hoping to come home the end of this month. Um, So there are issues with, you know, both short-term stays in a nursing home and also long-term stays in a nursing home that uh, we can talk about Medicare coverage for rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, as the law currently stands, you need to be admitted into a hospital for three nights in order for Medicare to cover your rehab. So that's really important. We did an article recently about that. And then for long-term nursing home care, Medicaid coverage is what we'll be talking about at the seminar. You know, there was a case recently that impacted both sides of our office. I know that uh, Tenney, attorney Tenney Lance did some work to help this gentleman but um, his mother passed away, and she had remained in her home, and she had Medicaid benefits at home. Uh, 
And so they put a Medicaid lien on the house. The house is now being sold. Oh, my and God. And essentially all the net proceeds are going to go to the state of Massachusetts, mm. uh, to Mass Health, to repay the uh, Medicaid lien. But they're not going to be able to repay that Medicaid lien, are they? No, it was a little bit more than the value of the house. Yeah, it was l- a little bit more than the value of the house. The house is valued a little bit under $200,000. So, Phil, guess how much this Medicaid lien was? How much? How much was it? $2.5 million. Get out. No. <laughs> this is doubly sad. Yeah, she was it really is. No, it really is. How, how you, long? You, I mean, you, you have to ask yourself, how can you run up a Medicaid lien in that amount of money? I know but, it. So it happens, but those who plan far enough ahead... Will protect themselves, right? You can protect yourselves. You need right now. There's what's called a five-year look-back period. So, mm-hmm. to protect assets, you need to do it before that five-year well, window. Michael begins. Ray was saying he had a friend in rehab for three months. Yeah. How long will, let's say, Medicare pay for somebody to go into rehab? For how many? It's up days? to a hundred days right now. A hundred days. days. So, and huh. typically, that's if you need skilled nursing care. Right. If you go to um, a, a host, if you go to a, a nursing home because you simply need custodial care, uh, technically they don't pay anything. Mm. So you're a private pay patient from day one. So how'd you like to go to, into a nursing home, and um, you know suddenly unexpectedly have a stroke or some other medical condition, and Medicare pays for a little bit Medicare health insurance program. But then you got to be a private pay patient after that, and you haven't done anything to protect assets, and there's a five-year look-back period. You literally could lose everything you own. Oh, my gosh. So if you protect far enough in advance, and typically that's going to be five years, um, you can protect everything. Right. If you don't, you can still protect some things. Right. But the key is get documents. So that's going to be one of the topics discussed at this last workshop on uh, March 20th. This is some great information that's going to be available to you. We've had for a while now, and we get the newest uh, version every single year. We have the 2018 guide, the Baby Boomers Guide to Social Security. It's an excellent handout. We give those out at the workshop only, Mm -hmm. or if you become a client. So make a reservation for that seminar, uh, that workshop, 508-998-8858. Um, since Michael has got some Irish blood in him, we've just learned. We promise you that Michael will dance a jig. Oh, no. No. I don't think that's going to so, happen. So, <laughs> Michael has to learn how to dance a jig soon. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's lots and lots of good tips that we're going to share with you. So, when should you start Social Security? Well, you can do it at age 62. You can do it at age 66, your full retirement age. Some younger people... Um, who are yet younger than 65 right now, they're probably going to be looking at age 67 for their full retirement age. Or you can wait until 70. So the one way you can make more money in Social Security and raise your benefit is you can work longer, mm-hmm. obviously, and you can earn more. So if you're seriously thinking that, gee, you know, I'm tired of working, I want to retire at age 64, Remember that if your full retirement age is 66, maybe you ought to consider working those extra two years to age 66 until you reach your full retirement age, because now they're going to look at your highest 35 years of earnings, and your later years are typically going to be your highest earning years. 
So you can hang in there until age 66, for example, or 67, as the case may be. And you now have a couple more years of your highest earnings. That will knock off your lower earning years, Mm -hmm. and your overall benefit is going to be higher. I wonder, though, can people survive on Social Security? Because... Hell no. Yeah, exactly. No. You know, who can live on just their Social Security check? Well, about 20% of seniors right now think that they're going to be able to survive on just their Social Security. So I'll give you an actual case right now. Um, We have a woman that we're helping to get organized to do a reverse mortgage. Her only source of income is Social Security. She had a uh, live-in relationship with um, a gentleman. Um, they had two Social Security checks. His was higher. Hers was about $1,000 a month. She owns a house. There's no mortgage on it, fortunately. Um, he died just a year and a half, two years ago. She no longer has the additional income. And this is a long-term relationship of 20-plus sure. years. But they weren't married. So she has no right, because they were not married, to collect his higher Social Security check. She said, I can just get by, but, and she has a very small amount into an annuity that we helped her do, I can just get by, but what I really have a struggle with is how do I pay $3,600 a year in real estate taxes to the city of New Bedford? And it's going to be a struggle. Um, The funny thing is... um, I talked about her once before as an example because it's a great story. Long story short, she's going to do a reverse mortgage, and she'll have a line of credit for probably because of her age about 60% of the value of her home. And as she needs money, she's only going to draw out about $300 a month. She should be able to pull out about $120,000, but it's going to sit there as a credit line with no obligation to make any payments. And then... She'll set it up for automatic distribution of about $300 a month. It'll go into her account, and that's the amount she needs to pay the real estate taxes. She's comfortable. She gets wow. to keep her house to stay in the house and not pay any mortgage payments. Thank God they had you. It's a great story. It's a great yeah. success story. So the funny thing is I, I told this story a week or so ago, and she's a faithful listener. And she happened to come in again this past week, and we made the definite decision to go forward with a reverse mortgage. I said, yeah, I used you as an example about a week ago. She says, I know. I was listening with my daughter, and we were saying, that's probably me that he's talking about. I said, yes, it was, but I didn't use your name. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But thank goodness they had your counsel. You know what I mean? This is the, this is why it's so important. People listening, contact Ray and Tenny and Mike. Mm-hmm. Well, she could sell the house, obviously, and if she sells the house, then she's got some money. But then she'd live in an apartment. Rents in an apartment today would be a um, thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month, oh, yeah. and it's just outgo. And she's comfortable in her house, and why not have her continue to stay in her house? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's lots of things you can do. So raising your Social Security benefit, don't count on cost of living increases. There will be some there, but they're going to be peanuts. Uh, Earn more money. Work a little bit longer so you can take advantage of all the way up until full retirement age, if you're comfortable to do that. And then think about delaying the start of benefits. That's the other really important way you can raise your benefit. Uh, The longer you can afford to wait, Um, to collect and live off other income. And that brings up the real important topic, Mike, of how do you integrate something like an IRA account 
with Social Security. So here's something that we've mentioned before, but I want to mention it again. It's such an important decision, and you really need some guidance when you're looking at this. If you have an IRA account, so let's say you're 66 and you say, well, I'm full retirement age. I'm going to start my Social Security right now because I'm entitled to do that and I want my money. Um, maybe you're better off to delay the Social Security until age 70. You'll get an 8% higher amount every year, and that's going to be for the rest of your life. And then take money that you need to live on instead from your IRA account. Because once you're 59 and a half, you can take money out of your IRA. Right. So here's what you do at 66. And again, we have to do the math and look at the numbers. And maybe it makes more sense to take some money out of an IRA instead and let your delayed credits under Social Security continue to build. Because once you do start the Social Security check, now you have a higher check and you have a higher check for the rest of your life. Yeah. And again, we need to do the break-even analysis and find out how long do you need to live before that really works out financially. I guess it would also depend on what sort of assets you have in the IRA and how they've been performing. Absolutely. Right? I mean, if you're going to get 8% a year for Social Security, what are you getting with the IRA assets? Mm -hmm. Good point. Are you going to use yeah. your money in the stock market and right. <laughs> going down right now? Or? Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing we recommend always in um, – and as you get older and you're getting closer to retirement, whether you're retired or getting closer to it, is get more conservative. You don't want to risk losing principal at that right. point. And we can help you with that. We can help you take money out of a 401k, get it into an IRA, which you should always do once you retire. You know, there's a gentleman named Robert Orban who once said, old people shouldn't eat health foods. They need all the preservatives they can get. <laughs> Um, I like that. You like yeah. that one? I yeah, do. that's good. I'm trying to eat fewer and fewer preservatives, but I'm not sure it's, you know, at my age it's going to make any real difference anymore, is it? Yeah, I want to get off this tabbouleh for breakfast diet. <laughs> Are you really doing that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Sounds good to me, actually. I like tabbouleh. Yeah. I wouldn't eat tabbouleh any time of day, <laughs> but let alone for breakfast. Oh, I think it's good. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. I like it. Folks, we have two tabbouleh lovers here. <laughs> So, describe what tabbouleh is. Oh, it's a beautiful Lebanese chopped up parsley, yeah. chopped up uh, onions and tomatoes, yeah. with a little bit of bulgar wheat. Yep. Just a little, uh, a little amount. It's very tasty. It's very good for you, by the way. Put can, it on a piece can you of put pita bread? Yeah. Put it on what? Pita, pita bread for breakfast. With a little hummus, yes. Yeah. Yes. And a cup of tea. Can you put maple syrup on it? <laughs> what I want to know. Yeah, right. So I have to give you... Sprinkle it over your pancakes. <laughs> Do what? Put the tabbouleh over, over your pancakes? Your pancakes. <laughs> okay. I'll have to think about that one. Well, right now, uh, Phil, um, I'm doing this ideal protein diet thing. Oh, that's the shakes? It's protein shakes and there's... But some of it, some of it's very tasty. And there's, there's little candy bars for snacks that oh, are protein bars, and I've lost How's a it? full ten pounds. You have, I have. And oh, that's awesome! Yeah. First of all, that's terrific. Congratulations! Yeah. So I've gone How from long? well, I'll, I'll tell you my weight. I've gone from two fifteen to two o five. Awesome! It's solid, and yes, my blood pressure, all my meds are terrific. So I guess I'm going to be well preserved. <laughs> no, I want to do another. I want to do another fifteen. Yeah. Really? I want to get down to uh, 190. Yeah. I can see the weight loss in your face. Yep, yeah. it shows a little bit. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So Keep it up. 
So Robert Frost once said, a diplomat is a man who always remembers a woman's birthday, but never remembers her age. Oh, now that. Robert Frost is one of my favorites. I like Robert Frost. Yeah. Oh, yes. Some say the world will end in fire. Some say it will end in ice. But from what I've tasted of desire, ice is nice and will suffice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Robert Frost. I don't know. <laughs> right, you say so. That's from memory. I won't use that one again. Anyway, let's come back very quickly. I want to talk about make sure we integrate all of your retirement income sources. The most important thing you've got to think about in retirement is, will I have enough retirement income? And if not, what do I need to do to create additional retirement income or to take assets and Maybe put it into a payout annuity or something like that. So you can absolutely depend on the amount. You can have a cost of living increase to keep pace with inflation. So lots and lots of reasons for doing that. It's real important that husbands and wife coordinate. The worst thing you can do is to have a marriage situation and the husband says, well, I'm 65 and I'm leaving my job. I'm going down to get my Social Security. You've got to think about the other spouse. You've got to look at all the benefits together. We can do the analysis, we do the budget, and we can show you how to increase your earnings records, apply at the optimal time, we can do a computer analysis for you. There's nothing more important. Once you make these decisions, within a very short time you can change it, but other than that, you're gonna be stuck. This is a decision mm -hmm. you're gonna live with for the rest of your life. And the other way, the other thing you can sometimes do is you can take and look at what your total retirement benefits are and say, well, I have a little bit more than what I need, and maybe you'll take some of that surplus now and create a life insurance benefit and create an even bigger benefit for children or family. Mm -hmm. But there's always something that we can do to show you how you can improve your present situation. And I think you feel the same way too, Mike. There's, there's no person, individual, couple that you've ever met with you can't do something to better their position, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. Isn't that accurate? Anyone we meet with, depending on their financial um, position or family position, we can always right. recommend something that's going to help out. And Ray, with your experience over the years, do people normally want to step down when they retire, meaning if their budget right now is X, mm. do they really want to live for a lot less money in the no. future? Okay. Just the opposite. Yeah. What we'll often tell, the reason we're so focused on doing a budget, and we want to do that for everybody that comes in the office, is most people don't do a budget. Uh, less than 5% of the people I see have done a budget, and they know exactly what they're spending. They're the smarter ones. They have more money. What I will tell you is that in many cases, you can figure that you're going to need about 80% of your current income to live on in retirement. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And we've everything we've read, everything we've seen, everything we've experienced. So we've got people that commute, for example. You're no longer going to have compute, commuting costs. Maybe your cars are going to last longer, so you're not going to replace a car quite as long. Um, you certainly should re-examine in any event what it's costing you for car insurance and homeowner's insurance. And by the way, and Peter Lance is doing that with Lance Family Insurance Agency, uh, he's now working with a new company, and anybody listening really should think about this one. If you are paying under the Massachusetts Fair Plan, oh my gosh. because you are in a flood zone, or you may have a pit bull, 
which will put you under the Mass Fair plan also. Certain kinds of dogs, if you own, a regular insurance company is not going to insure you, and you're going to get stuck under the fair plan. You're paying a lot more money. Well, um, we have seen some companies, and Peter has, that have just drawn a blanket lines to say, if you're within two miles of a coast, you're excluded from regular coverage. You have to have flood insurance. You have to be under the fair plan. Mm. Uh, that's just not fair. But if you're listening and you're under the fair plan, call Peter and have them do a quotation. They're now working with a great company, and they will insure people in flood zones and fair plan kind of people, and they're taking many of these people and cutting their policy premiums in half. Wow, that's it's, very it's rare. Huge. That's rare. That company, you ought to hug them. Yep. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to mention it on the air, Okay. but we'll talk about it at this last seminar we're going to be doing. Yeah, and this Tuesday. I want to remind you, yes, this coming Tuesday, uh, March 20th, 6.30 at night, Whites of Westport. We can accommodate um, more people in that location. Everybody knows where Whites is. Give a call, please, to make a reservation at uh, 508-998-8800 or 508-998-8858. You really want to come to this. This is the last of this particular series that we're doing, and the topics are going to include estate and trust planning with attorney Tenny Lance and attorney Mike Coleman, retirement income tips, and just as importantly, Social Security basics and tips. Ray, I can't tell you how many people have complained to me in the last few weeks because of these storms about the unfair fair plan. So that's reason enough to want to show up this Tuesday at White's. Well, there will be information about that as well, and it's a serious, serious thing. You know, if you can... Um, I'm, I'm looking at my Betty White quotation. This is the one, again, that we can't read on the air that I shared with you privately. It's pretty uh, pretty extreme for mm-hmm. Betty White. But She was saucy. Where are you, Tenny? Um, I need to... She was more than saucy. Well, no, we, we won't go oh, there. Oh, thank you. Oh, my I'm, God. He was... I'm going to bury that one. He was teetering back and forth. Well, should I? Should I not? Yeah. <laughs> But if you want to come to my office, I'll share it with you. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it over the radio. <laughs> well, the uh, first sign of maturity, by the way, is the discovery that the volume knob also turns to the left. Hmm. Oh, that is profound. <laughs> Tenny says something to me, and I say, I can't hear you. And then she'll <laughs> say something to her, What? <laughs> Those are the favorite words that we exchange at night. I can't hear you. What? <laughs> well, it's an aging beautiful. <laughs> you know, maybe that's a blessing. Did you ever think about that, Phil? Yes, I have many times. <laughs> I'm sorry, dear. I didn't hear you. I would have. I would have come sooner. <laughs> um, well. Um, There are ways you can lose Social Security benefits also, and we don't want that ever to happen to anybody. We're going to touch on that a little bit. So if you're collecting spousal benefits on an ex-spouse's work history, and there are people that do that, and you can do that, but then you get remarried, you lose. So seriously, if you're thinking of getting remarried and you're collecting benefits from an Mm ex-spouse, check it out first. And the most important rule then, of course, Michael, is 
if I just spouse a new spouse, okay. it's going to have more benefits right, exactly. than the old spouse had. <laughs> so it is true. Marry for the money, huh? Yeah. Second time around. Children, when they reach certain ages, if they're receiving particular benefits, uh, they're going to lose their benefits also. Um, children of eligible workers who are under age 18 or high school, not older than 19, um, at some point they're going to lose benefits, and you need to check on that as well. Um, we're not going to go into disability. Um, I, I just want to leave you with one thought that for older women, Social Security in particular is of greater concern than it is for men. You're going to outlive men. Um, your earnings are going to be less, typically about 80% of what a man has earned. So how you plan and how you plan for your husband's benefits are really very critical. You're going to live a lot longer, and you don't want to live on just a Social Security right. check. That's right. So if these things are of interest to you and yeah. concern to you, if you are concerned about having enough money in retirement, mm -hmm. if you're concerned about losing a house possibly to Medicaid if somebody has to go into a nursing home, we encourage you to come to our last seminar uh, this coming week on March 20th, Tuesday at White's, 6.30 p.m. in the evening. Give a call to 508-998-8858. You can register online at usawealthgroup.com. Michael, I'm looking forward to seeing you dance a jig. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> With your Irish blood and dressed up as a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, remember that we've got some great Social Security guides and Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security that we're going to provide to everybody who attends the seminar. That's right. Thank you so much for listening. Michael, thank you for being here. We'll see you at the seminar, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.